So we're in this series, Snapshots of the Kingdom, and we want to really take a look at, that's, really, that's why we have all these frames around, we're looking at pictures of what the kingdom of God looks like. Now, right off the bat, uh, we, we put out this thing uh, last week. It was a hashtag. If you know how hashtags work, you hashtag something and they all go to one place, like pictures and things like that. And our hashtag last week was to encourage us in the series and for you to take pictures and put them there was HFC kingdom, okay? That's what it was. That's not what it is any longer, okay? Because for many of you, all right, if you just, if you need to write that, that out, HFC kingdom there, uh, there is like something that just kind of pops out. For so- How many of you saw something pop out, a word in, in that? You can raise your hand. It, it's okay. It's a place of freedom here. If you need to write it down, maybe you need to, to see it. Okay, there is a... Um, there's kind of a bad word uh, that jumps out once you, you get there, okay? And if you raised your hand and saw it, we're going to pray for you. Uh, because the pure of heart people in the world cannot see that, okay? We didn't see that stuff because we don't think about that, those words. And, you know, but maybe we're just naive probably. Uh, but we changed the hashtag, okay, for the series. I know you're relieved. And uh, it's now uh, hashtag HFC snapshots, okay? HFC snapshots. All right, so there's nothing there that it's, uh, we don't think. And if there is, then you're just going to, we'll pray for you on that one too. I don't, I don't think there is. But so what we're looking for this series is this. We need you to get into like this creative mode, this very abstract kind of thinking and and a little bit out of the box. And we're asking the question, what does the kingdom of God look like? What does the kingdom of God look like? Now the world gives us pictures all the time of what the kingdom and what they believe the kingdom is like, but the kingdom of God is different. And we talked about that the first week, that people were looking for a king and a kingdom that was about power. And it was about ruling and taking over. And that's what they were hoping for in Jesus. And Jesus was going to make life easier. And he was going to make them be the ones in charge instead of their enemies. And, and, and they weren't looking for a king that was saying things like this. The kingdom of God is like a man who, who sows seeds. A farmer that's, that's not the kingdom of God. That's not the way we thought it was going to be. We have pictures as well of what we think kingdoms look like. It's the reason why uh, a few years ago now, a third of the world, okay, just think about how many TVs are out there, a third of the world tuned in to see the royal wedding, all right? The royal wedding, then where there's this decadence and beauty and all of this. I wonder what the price tag was on that way. That was what was jumping to my mind. And maybe dads of daughters out there were thinking the same thing. How much does this thing cost? Uh, but, but people tuned in because we have these images. For us, kings and kingdoms, they look like what we see uh, on TV there. Uh, life just full of, of stuff and things and, 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 and that. But that's not what the kingdom of God, it, it doesn't look like. In fact, so what we're doing here in these next few weeks is really looking at this kingdom. And we want to lean into what Jesus tells us and, and look at the pictures Jesus shows us. So the first week we talked about soil and how our hearts to receive this kingdom, we need to have the right kind of soil. And we, we showed you a few pictures. There's some people that have really hardened hearts. And it's kind of like just watering cement. I mean, you can water it all you want, but 
it's not going to grow anything because their hearts are hardened. Another picture we showed was this one. And it's, it's this picture of the, the, the rocky soil and the one that there's a very, back in that day, there was a, a thin layer of topsoil and, and flowers would bloom, but their roots weren't very deep. And so as soon as something came along, it would, it would wither and it would die. And then, of course, it was my yard. Uh, and uh, by the way, thank you for all those suggestions uh, for my yard. I appreciate that. And welcome any uh, guests to come over. I worked all day in my yard yesterday to, to try to, to, to cultivate a little bit. But, but in, in, in this kind of illustration for us, it's that thing that, you know, things grow up, but th- other things come in and crush and distract. And there's things, there's so many things that are out there to distract and take away from the kingdom. So eventually it, it withers and dies as well. But the, 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 the ground, the soil that we want to have is this soil that's for, fertile for the kingdom, that's fertile for God's word. And so that we can, can produce uh, amazing fruits and, and grain in our lives. So that was kind of last week. That's kind of get you in the mindset of thinking about pictures. And so here we are in Mark chapter four. We were in Mark chapter four with our story of the the seed before, but now it's the end of Mark chapter 4. If you want to flip in your Bibles, if not, you can see it on the screen, and uh, this is the, the passage there. It's probably a familiar story. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up, high winds were, were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves, they obey him. Now there's a book I've been reading this week and I've just been fascinated uh, by, it, it's called this, The Cycle for Victorious Living. It's by uh, pastors Earl Lee and, and Scott Daniels. And uh, they, they really get into these, uh, this concept of water with the first century Hebrews or the, the Jewish people and what that meant, because I think it really opens our eyes to what the story is. There's a deeper meaning that's happening here. And as I was reading this, it was just, it was really coming alive for me this week. And I just wanted to share some of that, those thoughts from that. And there's something about pastors and maybe you've been in sermons before. We just love uh, the original language. We love Hebrew words. We love Greek words. I'm going to throw a couple at you. You don't have to remember them. You can, if you'd like, it's not a big deal. But for the Hebrews, this concept of water, there's a very specific thing that comes to mind when they think about the seas, when they think about the waves. And so let's start at the beginning. Genesis 1 and 2, it says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Now, these Hebrew words here are, are interesting words. are kind of fun words for formless and void. The words formless and void are two twin Hebrew words. And those words are tohu and bohu. Tohu and bohu. They're kind of fun. Tohu, bohu. Now, these words, they represent, as fun as they are, they represent chaos. 
They represent void and darkness and emptiness and formlessness. And that's what existed before creation. It reminds me of back in the day, as you will, and I'll say the 80s, Everyone, I believe personally, at some point, mostly guys, sometimes girls as well, they go through a a wrestling phase, okay? You like wrestling at some point in your life. Wrestling, okay, we call it wrestling in Alabama, all right? There are shows that come on TV, these wrestling shows and with wrestlers and... uh, Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about, whatever. At some point in your, your life, some, some guys in this room, most guys in this room are like, you watch wrestling. At some point, you probably even believed that it was real. Okay, it's not, by the way. I just thought it out there. All right. Now, these two words, uh, tohu and bohu, they remind me of like tag team wrestling teams. Okay. And even from the 80s, and to get your mind there, because some of you guys don't watch wrestling, let me just kind of get you there. Okay. And so here's a short clip of a couple of wrestlers. Natural Disaster was the name of their tag team. Uh, this is, I think, I'm going to say the 90s or the 80s, but here it is. Natural Disasters, right here. All right. Now, it's kind of comical. There's a lot of yelling in wrestling for some reason. A lot of yelling and a lot of spitting and things like that. Um, now, with that thought in mind, I know that you've, you're, you've gotten there and you're back there in the 80s. Who was your favorite wrestler growing up? Okay. Well, don't yell it out. Tell your neighbor real quick. Who was your favorite wrestlers growing up? And if you didn't have one, act like you did. All right, would anybody, uh, I'll take one or two. Would anybody like to share their favorite wrestler? What's that? Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Duggan, is that right? He had the uh, thing, yep. Von Von Eriks. I'm not familiar with his work. (laughs) They're from Texas, okay. Uh, Over here. Who? Ivan Pusky? Man, I don't know him. I'm going to Google him later though, yeah. The ultimate warrior! Yeah, the more makeup and the cooler music you had, I mean, I like Sting. Sting was the singer splash. There, there's a lot of, uh, we, could, we can reminisce all day here, but it's, uh, uh, Hulk Hogan was obviously a Christian because he was calling everybody brother all the time. Hey, brother! And then he became bad. I don't know why he became, anyway, but uh, The Undertaker! Now, he's from Houston. <laughs> he. Now, that's relevant maybe uh, for the message today. But, but tohu and bohu, okay? Now, I, wanna, I want you to get the, the nice, funny stuff out of your mind for a second. Tohu and bohu, when we're thinking about these twin words in, in the Hebrew here, we're talking about the mean and the nasty uh, tag team partners that are like, we're just trying to bring destruction and chaos into the world. Like when they are announced, if we were at a live event, which is probably even funnier than on TV, 
We would like be booing and hissing and throwing popcorn. Boo, hiss, toe, and boo. They're awful. They're terrible. They just want to cause evil and hurt and brokenness. And, and so when the, the Hebrews, they hear this word, this void and, and, and formlessness and, and this chaos, that's what they're thinking here. Tohu and boo. It's there, okay? And so we think about the creation story, okay? Tohu and Bohu are there, but God. It's like this giant wrestling match. Let's get ready to rumble. You've got God in one corner, and you've got Tohu and Bohu in another corner, and they're going back and forth. And the first three days, there's just these words I want you to have in your mind here. And you can write these down if you're a note taker. If you're not, just like fake something with your hand to make me feel better. Um, separation. Filling, blessing. Those three words. Separation, filling, blessing. Got those? Separation, filling, blessing. The first three days of creation, what happened? The first day, I'll I'll help you out, light and darkness get separated. So it's almost like God is taking on formlessness. He's taking on tohu. And it's this battle. And light and dark is separated as he's he's beginning to form. And then on the second day, what happens? He, he separates what? The sky and the sea. And the text tells us that there was like this vault. There was this dome that separated the two that there. There's there this dome in between, between the, the sky and the sea. Are you there with me? Okay. The third day, it separates the dry land from the sea. Okay. Remember the story, that, that part of it? Separating land from sea. Now what happened on the four through six? Now here's where the, here's where the filling takes place. On the, on the fourth day, the first day was what? Light and darkness. For fourth day, what does God do? He fills the light and darkness with the sun, the moon, and the stars. On the fifth day, what happens? Or what happened on the second? There was sea and sky. God fills the sea and the sky with the birds of the air and the beast of the, of the sea. Now on the third day, dry land, dry land and the sea, what did he do on the sixth day? I can't make a six in this hand, but then what did he do on the sixth day? He filled the land with, with animals and with humans. That's when the creation story. So there's this separation and then there's this filling, God taking on the tohu, bohu, the chaos, the void, the formlessness, and he's shaping and he's creating and he's doing what only God can do. Now what happens on the seventh day? Rest. This is the blessing. This is the, the, the peace, the shalom of God that happens on this, this seventh day. Now, there's this pattern that happens throughout Scripture. And people, Jewish people can see this very clearly. We have a hard time seeing it, but separation, filling, and then blessing. It happened with Abraham. Remember the story of Abraham? I'm calling you out. Leave your home. I'm separating you, and I'm calling you to be a great nation. I'm going to fill your life with my presence, with my story, and you are going to be a what? You're going to be a blessing for others. In the New Testament, we have this word ecclesia. It's the original word for the, the word church. We are the called out ones. The, the church is the called out ones that are called out from the world. We're separated from the world. And our lives are filled with the presence of God. So why? We can be a blessing to others. You see how cool this is? It's amazing. Now, we can, with this in mind, this definitely makes some other things come to light and really opens our eyes to some things. Adam and Eve, remember there was this vault, this dome that was there, and, and the sky and, and the seas were, were separated? Well, something happened. Sin entered the world with Adam and Eve. Sin entered the world, and then it became just 
full scope with, 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 with Noah. And we had that just a few chapters later and we read in Genesis 6:11. now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God and the earth was filled with violence. Sin just took over the world. And when sin took over the world, Genesis 7:11 says this, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventh day of the 17th day of the month, on the same day, all the fountains of the great deep burst open, and the floodgates of the sky were open. Now, how many of you have ever seen the story of Noah and thought, it just started raining? But what does the text tell us? The fountains from the great deep below, and then the sky above, it was almost like that dome began to crack, and a plug came out, and whoosh, came over the whole earth. That separation was now just being, there was an, almost like an implosion that happened to the earth and opened the dome of the sky and just, and that's what happened when chaos and destruction, tohu bohu, they're back and they're causing all kinds of chaos and destruction around the world. Now, for us, this metaphor, this idea of, of water, it, we love the water. I mean, it's hard for us to get our minds around the sea being an evil thing that's just, we, we love the beach, right? I mean, some of you guys will even go to Galveston thinking that that's a real beach, but it's not, okay? We, our dream is if I just move, we just move to the beach, it'll be great, it'll be wonderful. So it's hard to get this, we, 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 we have this great picture of paradise, Hawaii, so that's a hard one for, to wrap our minds around. So we need to kind of turn our minds to some other places, maybe some places that you've been before. For me, I remember when I was growing up in Alabama, and uh, my grandparents lived near the river, and suddenly it started to rain. And it rained some more, and it rained some more, and it rained some more, and some more, and some more, and it came really, the little pitter-patters became tons of patter-patter-patter-patter-patters, and suddenly the, the river began to, to, to flood. And I remember going out, it was the creepiest thing I can remember as a kid, we went out in a boat at night. I'm not sure why we went at night. My, my house was not flooded. My grandparents were staying with me. We were in a boat, a little pontoon boat, driving through the river, through streets now that were, were, were high enough to ride a boat into. So you're riding through these streets, and it is dark, no electricity. It's just super dark. And in fact, some of the cemeteries, the, uh, the, the coffins, you know, weren't locked down, okay, because it's pre uh, I guess technology there and they weren't vaulted into the ground and so they were popping up all, and they were floating all around. Creepy, okay? <laughs> really creepy, okay? And we actually drove the boat into my, parent, my grandparents' house and just saw just the house just was, was falling apart and for the longest time there was a line on the walls that reminded you of the flooding and the smell was there. Oh, so much destruction that was caused. Uh, maybe you can think about this. Maybe you've seen the movie The Perfect Storm, okay? When you saw those huge waves and, and you just kept hoping that they would come back and, and they didn't. That was very sad for Marky Mark and for George Clooney because <laughs> the ladies think that they're very pretty, but they were lost at sea. All these pictures that you have, this, that you've seen that movie before and just huge skies. And, and, and it became a huge reality for us in, in 2004. I was at my in-laws' house when suddenly we hear about this word tsunami that, had, that, that hit uh, Indonesia. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people 
lost their lives. And in 2011 in Japan, I mean, you've seen these pictures that have come and you can even see videos of just the chaos and the destruction that the waters caused. And something that we love so much sometimes, it can cause so much just chaos and destruction all around us, everywhere. It's scary to see the power of, of this water and thinking about undertow and how it just can suck people in. We've seen chaos and brokenness in, in our lives as well, in the lives of others. And this is, is without a doubt, it's a metaphor for the, the chaos and destruction and pain and the void that sin causes in the lives of people. You see it in families, just the brokenness and the hurt that's there. Sometimes it's the cycle effect of life and the habits and the things that are present and, and the waves and the rhythms of families. Kids that say, I will never be like my parents. I will never do like my dad. I'll never be like my mom. I'll, I'll, and then finding them place, themselves in the place of being exactly, saying some of the same things, doing some of the same things that cause hurt to others and to themselves. We, we see it in our culture that is so, prop, so focused on certain images of, of what the kingdom here looks like. That if I just have this, if I just have that, if I just have pictures of the good life, and, and, and they're willing to do anything, sometimes sell their souls, sometimes steal, envious of others and what other people have, and these things in the kingdom. And it's this tohu and bohu. It's causing destruction in people's lives that's there. You, you see it in, in, in various other places too. I, I heard it a couple of weeks ago. I told you about going to visit this Generation One group that's reaching out uh, to families and kids in the third ward there, trying to bring hope and, 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 and breaking the cycles of destruction in the lives of people. And one of the things is I was talking to the, the guy that's in charge there, Mike. He, he told me, he was like, you, you wouldn't believe. When you go into people's homes all around the, the center there, the TV is always up. It's, it's always really loud. It's always, I mean, just the volume is really high. And people do that because, well, first of all, they don't want to hear the chaos outside. Sometimes the gunshots outside. And so they turn up the TV, so they, ah. But, but it's, it's basically bringing the chaos into their lives. It's so just loud and noisy inside as well as outside. And, and so people are not even used to the silence. They are not even comfortable with the silence because their just lives have been so uh, chaotic. For some, this, this in, we're thinking about exterior things, but this is, a, this is an interior thing where, and I don't know if you've ever been in a boat before, where you're in this boat and that boat is filling up with water. And it feels like everything inside of you is filling up with this, this water and everything in your life is flooding and you are bailing out the water. You're bailing out the water as fast as you can, but it's coming from all directions and you cannot get the water out fast enough. It just keeps coming, it keeps coming and you keep bailing and you keep bailing and you really wonder, when's the day when this whole thing gonna go down? And just life is it's just gonna sink you. Genesis 8, 1 and 2. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent, what, is he, what does he send? A wind 
over the earth. Now, let's go back to the very beginning. I forgot to mention this. There was this, this spirit that was hovering over the water. Remember at the very beginning? And now we have a wind. Now, they're the same word, back to our Hebrew words. It's this word, ruach, ruach, ruach. Can you say that with me? Ruach, ruach. Okay, ruach, yes. Now, if you don't, probably we're not saying it right if we're not spitting on our neighbor's neck in front of us, all right? But ruach, okay, it's this spirit and wind. And what it represents is the, the Holy Spirit, the presence. The, and it's interesting, this wind and this spirit, they're, they're the same word throughout the, the scripture. It's this spirit that's, that's coming. And, and what does this wind do? He sent this wind, this spirit over the earth and the waters they recede. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed. The dome was back and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. You see, the spirit of our God has the power to silence the sea and the waves of brokenness and chaos in our lives. We see it again in Exodus chapter 14. It's this story that, that people know so well back then. They come to the sea after being enslaved in Egypt for so long, and they're, they're now escaping into the desert, but Pharaoh comes after him, and then there's the sea again. Oh, the sea is there and right in front of us. And now we're literally between the devil and a hard place here. And you've got Pharaoh coming, you've got the sea, but what does God do? He sends a what? A wind, and the evil sea is parted, and they walk through on dry land. You see it again if, in Daniel chapter 7. It's a very apocalyptic, prophetic scripture, Daniel chapter 7. There's these images. Daniel has a dream of what the future is going to be. And it's just, it's hard to wrap your mind around, but we know from the, the language it is, we're talking about coffins floating, scary stuff, okay? Daniel 7, 2 through 3, it says this, I, I am in my vision at night, I, I looked, and there before me were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. And out of this, this awful sea, four just hideous beasts come up. I mean, you can read Daniel 7 and just see it. They're just oh, scary things, nightmares in the dark that are, are, are churning up from the sea. But, but what happens if you keep reading in around 11 or 12, th that, those verses, it says this. There was one that came called the Son of Man. This is in Daniel, Old Testament. One came like the, the Son of Man who is in control of it all. He's the one that has authority and honor. And he's the one that has sovereignty over everything, over the beast of the, the, the scary things of the, the sea that, that, that Tohu and Bohu bring into our lives. This is good news because the Son of Man is in control of it all. He's in control of it all. And here's some really good news. Revelation chapter 21. This is at the end. This is when, at the very end of, of, of the book, okay, Revelation 21 says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was what? There was no longer any sea. Have you ever seen that before? Have you noticed that before? I was just, my mind blown away this week. There was no longer any tohu, tohu and bohu are gone in the end. The chaos is gone. The destruction is gone. The void is gone in the end. I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is among the people. 
He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will, we sung this earlier, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. There is going to be a day, folks, where the chaos, the evil, the destruction is gone forever. That's what the kingdom of God looks like there. But the kingdom is here today. It's not just about there, one day we'll get there. He gives us pictures in our own lives that the kingdom of God comes. This, this peace in the middle of the storm, it comes right now. And God gives us glimpses of that all the time in the lives around us and in our own heart and lives as well. You begin to see this in the New Testament where what happened when Jesus left? Acts chapter two, they're huddled up in this room and suddenly what came to them? What came to them? This wind burst into this room and it begins to feel this. What's the, the wind here? What's the word here? It would be ruach. In the New Testament, it's Greek, it's pneuma. It's the same word, it's ruach, pneuma. This spirit begins to live not amongst us, but now where? In us. Because this kingdom of God Okay, the kingdom of God is where? It is in you. So now this dome, this, this, this parting, this separation, it's now, it's in us. And it begins to change people's lives. Think about this, Acts chapter seven. There's this story about Stephen, the first martyr. It's an amazing story. These people come forth and they're, they're mad at the church. They're mad at these call out ones that are following this Jesus, this resurrected Jesus. And so what do they do? They find this Stephen. And they find false witnesses and people to, to make up lies about him. And, and Stephen's response is this. He begins to, to preach to the people and tell them about, basically from the beginning, it tells the story leading up to Jesus. And the people, they, they don't want to hear it. They don't want, ah. Uh, and they're so bent against this kingdom, this new kingdom that's come, that, that just changes everything. So they begin to what? They begin to stone him. Now, what does the text tell us? What, what is it in this moment where there's, this happens? It, it, it's in John, or Acts 7, 54 through 60. It says this, the Jewish leaders, they were infuriated by Stephen's accusation. They shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen was what? He was full of the Holy Spirit. The spirit, this wind was living in him. Gazed steadily into heaven. Gets a clear picture into heaven and saw the glory of God on earth. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see heavens opened and the son of man is standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And in the midst of being stoned, they put their hands over their ears. They began to shouting. They rushed at him. They dragged him in the, in the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at this guy named Saul. We'll hear about later. And they stoned him. And this is what Stephen's praying. Okay, this is what he's saying. As the rocks are flying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Don't charge them with this sin. Wow, who can say that in the face of, of stones flying? Who can make that kind of statement? It sounds very familiar to a statement that we heard from a man that was on a cross just a few weeks earlier when he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Who can forgive in the midst of, of the madness and the chaos. I saw that this week. 
We look talking about pictures of what the kingdom looks like, talking about peace in the midst of, quite honestly, hell on earth. We heard the story about Aaron Hernandez this week, who was this pro football player that had everything, money, and he had just fame, and, and people knew his name. But we've seen trial the last few months, and we've heard about it a lot lately. And the conviction came down, and he got life in jail. That was the main headline. Can I, can I tell you the headline that caught my mind or caught my, my imagination this week? The victim, the, the, the one that was, that was murdered, his name was Odin uh, Lloyd. And his mother, her name is Ursula. And she had a chance once the conviction came down to basically to address the person who was convicted. And this is what she says. I thank God, a grieving mom says this, I thank God every second and every day of my son's life that I spent with him. The day I laid my son to rest, I felt like I wanted to go into the hole with my son, Odin. I will never have a grandson from my son or my grand- or grandchildren or never get to dance at his wedding. He will never, ever get to dance at my wedding. I will never hear my son saying, Mommy, you are beautiful. I love you, Ma. I miss my baby boy, Odin, so much, but I know I will see him someday again. And that is giving me the strength to go on. Every day, it is my son's favorite color. I forgive the hand as she stood and looked at the person who was just convicted. I forgive the hand of the people that had a hand in my son's murder. These are before or after. And I pray and I hope that someday everyone out there will forgive them also. May God bless us. Thank you. That's what the kingdom of God looks like, folks. The kingdom of God is peace in the midst of the storms and the chaos. It's forgiveness for those who don't deserve it. It's what God gives us. I was looking for pictures of this all this week and uh, came outside, it's been pouring all this week. And uh, there on top of our, our, our roof of the, the church is this little bird. And it's just pouring raining. And he, this little bird is just singing away, just, just chirping and singing like it was the greatest day ever. That's what the kingdom of God looks like, people. All right. Tohu Bohu, you know what Tohu Bohu is? Tohu Bohu is 290, okay? <laughs> it is the worst sometimes. And you could just feel like, Ugh! Tobo, I mean, that just is chaos and oh, just you, makes you want to cuss. I mean, it's just the worst, okay? But guess what God can give us? He can give us a little dome right there in your car where the presence of God fills it. How crazy cool would it be? You look over in, in, in traffic in 290 and you just got... There's a... What does this kingdom look like? You know, I'm not a San Francisco fan, but uh, their quarterback, Colin Kaepernick, he made a commercial this, I think it was a year ago or so. I don't know if you remember this commercial. Tohu Bohu is the crowd. Ah, Your enemies are shouting things at you. They're shouting awful things. And and here in this commercial is him wearing, I think Beats by Dre. 
he's wearing these earphones and he's listening to something that's far different than the world is shouting and the world is yelling and enemies are saying and things that are around you that are there. Fret and worry, they mark the lives of those caught in the cycle of brokenness that defines so much of the world. But God's way for his people begins in commitment, trust, finding a life that's rejoicing and giving that, he gave that to his disciples and he wants that for us as well. And fret and worry, I love what Oswald Chambers says. He says it this way, all of our fret and worry, they're caused by calculating without God calculating without God in our lives. This morning, some of you have the seas churning in your life and they're, they're churning in your soul and your heart. There may be things like unforgiveness that's there. There may be things like bitterness. Maybe there's stress and worry. I wanna give you a passive scripture and I want us to read it. I want you to, usually when, I, when somebody reads something, you just kind of hear it. I want you to see it on the screen. And I want you to just soak it in today. I want you to just sense the Ruach, the Spirit of God in your life. And I want you to just, just if you had a Bible, take it later, just highlight some of these phrases and these words, because this is how we live it out. We want that peace. We want the Spirit of God, but this is how it is happening. This is how it happens in us. Here it is, 37, starting with verse 1. Don't worry about the wicked or evil things or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord, trust in His way and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord. Enjoy what He enjoys appreciate and love what he loves. That word delight, this is not like this surface level happiness. This is joy that goes deep down in your life. When everything around is crazy, you still have this joy that's there. And he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Can you see it? Picture it in your mind. Be still. Turn off the TV of your life. Turn off the chaos in your life in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed. But those who trust the Lord will possess the land. Going down to verse 34. Put your hope, put your hope, put your future in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path that he's given you. He will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. I have seen wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in in native soil. But when I looked again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Look at those who who were honest and good. For a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress. Hear this, see this. He is their fortress in times of trouble. 
the Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saved the, saves them and he will be their shelter. There was a missionary in India and he was reading this Psalm and he was reading it in the, the native language there in India, in the tongue of Marathi. And as he was translating this, he, it was one of those moments where you just get it. You, I don't know if you've had one of those moments, you just suddenly just, you just have one of those almost eureka moments. And in the true meaning of this passage, especially this, this verse five, this committing your way to the Lord, as he was translating it for the people, it, it says this in, in the, the Indian language, turn what you are and what you have over to God, palms down. That's the translation. Turn everything you have, everything you are over to him, not but palms down. So this morning we go to the Lord and we, as we enter this time of prayer, just the question is there, what is churning inside of you? What is the thing that you are so worried about, so stressed about? What are, what are the enemies that surround you? What are the things in your heart that you know are, are not right? Maybe not right with someone else. Maybe not right between you and God. This is a place where God comes in and His Spirit, it, it blows the wind into our hearts and our lives and we can seek His peace today. You can seek it, you can have His peace today. If we go to Him, palms down. Can I pray with you? Can I pray with you? What we're going to do this morning, um, Garen's going to lead us in a song, and I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to ask Michelle and Jen to come, and I'm going to be up here as well. And uh, this morning, just, we want to make this house a house of prayer, and, and just seeking that question, Lord, what is it that's churning? What is, you've got it on your heart and your mind already. Maybe this morning you want to pray at your seat. Maybe you want to come and find a space and, and just spend time saying, God, I want your, your spirit, and we want your, your Holy Spirit to, to breathe into my heart, into my life, and to, and to take away the chaos in the waters. Maybe you want today to, to, to have someone pray with you, just a, a prayer of peace. That's what we wanna do. Pastors are gonna be up here, just a, a prayer of peace over your life. If you wanna come to one of us, we'd love to pray for you today. But let's seek the spirit of God. Seek the shalom, the peace that comes when only God's presence is there. Spirit of the living
heads about and, and eyes closed. Maybe you didn't respond today by coming up to an altar, but, but you want to just say before God, Lord, there are things that are churning. There are things, there's chaos all around me. There's wind, waves that are everywhere. The water is just capsizing the boat of my life and my heart. If that's you before God, it just, just as a, a sign of response, just want to raise your hand with heads bowed and eyes closed around. This morning as we pray, I invite you, if you raised your hand or if you didn't, just take a, a few seconds in the stillness and the peace this moment. And I want you to take some really deep breaths. And I want you to symbolically receive the spirit of peace and shalom of God in your heart in your life. Oh God, thank you so much. God, that you are a God that does not leave us in the midst of the brokenness and the chaos and the hurt and the pain of this world. But you are a God that is present. You are the God that has given us the gift of your spirit, your Holy Spirit that comes and and. And even in the midst of, of everything that's around us, creates a dome in our heart and our lives, God. And although this place is not our home, this place is, it, it can only be a glimpse of what's to come. And we can have moments uh, that we see it, Lord. But, but God, we, we're thankful that in these moments, no matter what's around us, you can give us a peace that is beyond understanding. You can give us a peace that this world doesn't know anything about. And it's because of your presence as we, we walk with you and we trust in you and we delight in your ways, God. Help us to, to put it into action this week, Lord. Help us to create an, an space for you, Lord, that will give us and remind us that you are in charge of the waves. 
You are the one that brings peace, not only in this lifetime, but for eternity to come as well. And we thank you for the day that we won't have to worry about it, the chaos any longer. We don't have to worry about the effects of sin in this world any longer because there is a place, there is a world and that all the tears are gone and all the pain is, is, is just wiped away. And Lord, we can't wait for that day, but I pray that in this moment, Lord, that you will give us the peace every day, Lord, that we can have. May it be in traffic. May it be at work. May it be at our homes. May it be in the places that we walk, the places that we play, Lord. We want and seek your face and your kingdom. May it come on this earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We give you these things and we pray for these things in your name. Amen.